Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the beautiful historical marionette theater. It is Friday evening, and our show is just about to begin. Take your seats. Good evening. And uh, it is a Friday night. It's a hot Friday night. Good Lord. DJ, if this balcony was any hotter here in the Marionette Theater, I don't know what I'd do. I I wish we had, like, some cool, refreshing beverage. Oh, hi, guys. It's me. I have a cool, refreshing beverage for you. Mm. Oh, my God, DJ, look at this. Well, how kind of I you, Gertie. Iced tea. Oh, yeah, my favorite. Here's one for you, DJ. Mm. Thank and you. thank you. Yes, indeed. And I have one for myself. Mm. All right. Oh, wow. Gertie, what's in here? Oh, oh, oh. Did you get the one with vodka? Yeah. Oh, that's mine. Oh, oh I'm kidding. I, 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 um, <laughs> sorry about that. All right, boys. I'll. Go downstairs and do the intro. <laughs> wow, JJ, you should have tasted how strong that was. <laughs> Cleared your throat, right? Huh? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Bob and Emily are a happily married couple who live in a high rise on Chicago's North Shore. In the daytime, Bob is a psychologist and Emily, a school teacher. Join us as we meet their neighbors, their co-workers, and learn about their lives together in the Windy City. There's people problems, the phone is always ringing, and Bob sometimes drags his feet getting home. Grab a cup of hot joe and get ready to take notes from this session. It's time for the Bob Newhart Show. Hit it, boys. What do you get when you take a dash of the silver screen, a pinch of golden oldies, and a smidgen of screaming? It's time for Matinee Minutia with your host, DJ and Toppy. Oh, boy, Toppy, it is a scorcher out there today. I felt like the sun had it out for me personally. Yeah, I understand. I totally understand. Uh, it's, it's been uh, it, it's the dog days of summer already, and it ain't even August, DJ. <laughs> no, I'm, I just sit in my corner of my house with the curtains closed, and I turn on the fan, and that's all during my work day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? Let's let's say hello to the chat room right off the bat because there's someone here for the first time that I am just tickled pink. I just can't believe he's here. DJ, it's Michael, the good human, good humor penguin is here. Yay! Welcome, good humor penguin. We had the pleasure of, we had the pleasure of good humor penguin at a watch party that we did just the other week here. We're hoping yeah. to do some more of those, but yes, it's definitely good to see someone new in the audience. That's right, and I think uh, maybe here once before, this might be his first time, but uh, podcast listener extraordinaire, 
all the way from Australia. RT Cruiser is here. Oh. Yeah. And um, we also want to welcome our good friend Janet and also the ever present, always titular Aunt Tudor. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. Did you know that I only recently found out what titular means? Um, I do, uh, you know, elaborate, sir. <laughs> well, it's like the title character, the titular character. I'm not sure what other ways that word is used, but titular is like the title character. Unless I'm totally crazy, in which case someone in the chat room can tell me what it really means. Well, you know, the the, the uh, heat does get to us now and then. Yes. <laughs> I think that's it. You know, Toppy, um, just briefly, too, uh, we would be amiss if we didn't mention that it was gay pride in many places across this uh, fair land of ours recently. And, yes. uh, you know, I don't know when the first time you went to a parade was, but it wasn't until I was in my 20s, in fact, I had already lived in a couple of states, and uh, I decided to go to the one in Denver, and darn it, I think I'm spoiled, because I don't think there's going to be one that big again. Mm, mm -hmm. I understand. But it was, uh, it was definitely a thing to behold, because they have it uh, along uh, one of the historical business routes in town. It takes you right in front of the steps of the state capitol, Mm. And there's mm -hmm. a park right out in front of the state capitol where they, they held the festivities. Ah, nice. Very nice. Well, um, I hope that everyone has a, a very pleasant uh, 4th of July um, uh, uh, and that everyone stays safe and practice a social distancing. And um, they don't go crazy, too much crazy with the fireworks. I have not heard a single explosion of any kind hmm. um, so far, DJ. What about where you live? Well, I have some neighbors that, uh, well, they, they're um, offenders of that uh, social distancing and stuff. Because they've been having their birthday parties and then they've been having their school friends over for camping and I, 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 if I had to give them a grade for the class, they would fail. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. But speaking of the 4th of July, Toppy, the star of tonight's show was actually in a musical. Did you know that? No. He was in 1776, the story of how the Declaration of Independence was written. Okay. Uh, I don't see him on the cast, so maybe I'm mistaken. But there was a lot of people on this uh, thing called 1776 about the Declaration of Independence. And, you know, since it is the 4th of July, Independence Day here in America, uh, it might not be, um, you know, something that uh, you want to pass by. It was a fun little musical done in 72 because it was the bicentennial around the corner. DJ... We're talking about 1972 when this television series, The Bob Newhart Show, came out. And tell us what was going on in the world oh. in 1972. Alrighty, so in 1972, the year that The Bob Newhart Show premiered on CBS that fall, well, there's a bunch of things going on. And in fact, this isn't our first trip to 1972. We actually have done it a couple of times. Uh, I do believe really? the last time was last fall when we discussed 
a movie uh, called You'll Like My Mother. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so, but President Nixon ordered the development of a space shuttle program in 72. That's where it got its start. Bob Douglas became the first African-American elected to the Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, we're going to skip ahead here, folks, because this is uh, just a trip down memory lane. Okinawa was returned to Japan after 27 years of military occupation. Okinawa, Okinawa, Okinawa. Sorry. That's okay. Um, and I'm reminded Pat Morita actually had a guest appearance in the first season of uh, the Bob Newhart Show. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, a... Uh, a um, Natural disaster that both Toppy and I have talked about before that hit our neck of the woods, the Northeast, Hurricane Agnes. It uh, formed north of the Yucatan, which was that little part of the boot in Mexico where they think that uh, the comet that killed the dinosaurs hit. Well, it dropped up to nine feet of water in New York's southern tier, and you've recalled your own stories about that. And to this day, there are businesses that have a plaque telling you where the water line was in their building. Yeah, now that's pretty exciting, folks, when you can find that plaque. Just let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) The Supreme Court of the United States ruled that the death penalty was unconstitutional in 72. And uh, probably the most important achievement in 72, the first women were admitted to Dartmouth College and women were allowed to compete in the Boston Marathon for the first time. Shapers, creepers. It's hard to even remember that they, they didn't admit women into the marathon at one time. Holy cow. Well, folks, we got some boys, as I like to say, in 72, some famous people, or at least so-called famous people. Jennifer Garner, she was at Pearl Harbor. She, she was in Catch Me If You Can, Dwayne Johnson. What do they call him? The Rock, right? Yes, sir. He's become quite the guy. Um, a lot of fun Disney movies. And then, you know, he was in like Jumanji, The Next Level, um, Get Smart. He was in those mummy movies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Octavia Spencer. She's from The Help. Uh, that was a recent movie for her. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. 2011 is not recent. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, she was also in Hidden Fingers from 2016. Um, uh, please pronounce that word correctly. What did I say? Fingers. Oh, sorry. The movie was called Hidden Figures, folks. <laughs> it's the heat. It's getting to him. Gertie, get him another cold drink. Yeah, please. Um, and uh, last but, but not least, um, uh, we also had... Uh, Born in 72, John Cho, Ben Affleck, Cameron Diaz, and Gwyneth Paltrow. Now, Toppy, before we conclude our our trip down to memory lane in 72, there's something important in recent history that involves that story, Hidden Figures. Do you have an idea? Well, well I don't think I even know what that movie's about. It's the story about the women mathematicians that were in the space program. They calculated the trajectories and everything for the Apollo program. 
And That's if, right. And then they were never given credit, right? Right. So um, I do believe that the engineer character that was in Hidden Figures, because it's based on a true story. Um, Mary Jackson, I want to say, is her name, was one of the first women engineers to work at NASA. She was featured in the story of Hidden Figures, and she only recently, a year or two ago, passed away. She got to meet President Obama, and she received the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And um, she is having, they are, in light of recent events, they are renaming the NASA headquarters building in Washington, D.C. after Mary Jackson. Mm -hmm. Nice. Good. Good. All right. Um, we, um, want to talk about, um, uh, before we start the Bob Newhart show, uh, in 1972, DJ, what was also on TV, um, that the Bob Newhart show had to go up against. Alrighty. So Bob Newhart, it started off on Saturdays. It was there for a long time and it was, uh, at 930 and that started in the fall of 72 on CBS the uh, home of the big brother there. It was after the Mary Tyler Moore show. So uh, they actually shared the same production company. And uh, Mm -hmm. they were on opposite. So on the other stations, some of the shows you had. So in 72, competing for your attention against the Bob Newhart show. On the other networks, opposite Bob Newhart on CBS, they had a show called The Streets of San Francisco on ABC. Now, this was a police drama, and it starred Mike Douglas. And, of course, it was set in San Francisco. And, uh, yes, yes. You know, I, I never saw that show. Never. You know, and um, um, uh, Richard Hatch was on later on in that series before he was on Battlestar Galactica. Oh, didn't know that. Mm. So what else we got there in 72 on TV? On ABC also, opposite the Bob Newhart show, was the Julie Andrews Hour. She had a don't, don't remember. <laughs> uh, and the Bob Newhart show in later years was moved from their slot at 9.30. Once they gained their, uh, you know, they, they earned their supper, they moved them to 8 o'clock. So now they were on uh, before the later bedtimes. And yes. uh, that started it in season five. So their last couple of years, they were on at 8 o'clock. And uh, maybe, you know, a few kids might have caught it before they, they had to go to bed. And then over the years of its run, it was up against shows like Starsky and Hutch on ABC. And on ABC also, What's Happening? You know, with Rerun and Raj and, uh, oh, I forget the sister's name. And then on NBC, one of my favorites, I can't do the springy noise, the bionic woman. (laughs) Lindsay Wagner, before she started selling mattresses, uh, the bionic woman in the 72 against the Bob Newhart show. (laughs) All right. uh, So that's what was going on in television. And by the way, folks, uh, for a good three, four years, uh, CBS had... Saturday nights uh, uh, locked down with Mary Tyler Moore, the Bob Newhart show, and then later uh, the Carol Burnett show. So let me just tell you, um, that was um, super popular for a good long time. And uh, 
I just want to tell this one little story as fast as I can. Okay. In 1972, I was all of 10. Okay. My parents weren't about to let me stay up till nine o'clock, even if it was a Saturday, just too late. So I never saw the Bob Newhart show, you know, until probably it's fourth or fifth, you know, and last season. Right. Mm-hmm. Except for one night, DJ, one night, probably. I was probably 11 and I went over to a friend's house and, and we were playing around and, and then it came, it was quite late. And then I I guess it was their habit, my friend and his father to watch Bob Newhart and Mary Tyler Moore. Okay. Well, I had never seen them. And I got to tell you what I remember is I was sitting there, totally falling asleep, absolutely exhausted from the day, and then being woken up every five seconds with their hysterical laughing of my friend and his father as they watched the Bob Newhart show and Barry <laughs> Tyler Moore show. And I just kept waking up and, and, and they'd look at me, you know, cause they wanted to see me laughing and they wanted to know that I found it funny. And I don't know what they saw, but they must've saw kids zombie sitting there with his half closed eyes. <laughs> Anyways, that's my little remembrance. Thank you. Mm-hmm. The end. So, let's see here now. Well, Toppy, let's tell the folks a little more about our show. All right. So, the Bob Newhart Show, uh, it was produced by MTM, meow, and it aired uh, for uh, a total of uh, six seasons, 72 to 78, and they came up with 140 half-hour episodes over all that time, DJ, I know folks want to hear it. Play the Bob Newhart theme. Hello. Super famous theme. I think they use that particular version for the the first two, maybe three. But I think somewhere around the third or fourth season, they came up with the zippier version of that uh, theme. So, um, TJ, what what the devil did the show, what was it about? Tell us, just give us a brief overview of what the what was the what was the bob newhart show about okay well the show centers on bob hartley phd which was mr newhart's character he was a chicago psychologist and most of the activity occurred between his work and home life 
with his supportive, although occasionally sarcastic, wife Emily, and their their friendly but inept neighbor, airline navigator Howard Borden, who some of you will recognize from the I Dream a Genie show. Uh, The medical building where Bob's psychology practice is located also houses Jerry Robinson, an orthodontist, whose office is on the same floor, and their receptionist, Carol Kester. And uh, Aunt Tudor just posted a photo of the character, Carol Kester. We're going to talk about her real name in just a few minutes. Um, These situations, because it was a, a sitcom, and remember, sitcom is short for a situation comedy. Hmm. Uh, Most of the situation involved Newhart's character uh, being the straight man to most of of the people around him, including his wife, his colleagues, his friends, and his patients. There was a frequent uh, running gag on the show that's kind of an extension of Bob Newhart's origins in the comedy scene. Um, And one of his famous routines that he really, really got known for were these routines where he would be on the phone with someone. And we would only hear his side of the conversation. And yet he would, because of the way he responded to what the person was saying on the phone, we would understand and, and the humor would come out of this kind of delivery. So as a matter of fact, the first two seasons of the Bob Newhart show started with the phone ringing and Bob Newhart picking it up and saying, hello. And um, uh, so the humor involved the home, the workplace. And DJ, let's play clip two. And we'll hear a little bit of uh, how things sounded in the office with the secretary and the orthodontist and Bob coming in. Ah, Carol. Mm. Do you know what time it is? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Three hours till lunch. Is that all you ever think about? No. Sometimes I think about you. Oh. But then I can't eat lunch. You want to see what I got? Big deal. I got two of them. No, no. My new digital watch here. You see, it tells you the time exactly right up to the second. It is now 9.08, 47, 48, 49, 50. Morning. One, two, three. Jerry's learned to count. Five, (laughs) six. You must be very proud. No, no, no. See, I I was uh, showing Carol my new digital watch. Ah. You haven't seen my new tape recorder. It has three speeds, has an automatic counter, and a lifetime battery. Yeah, well, you see, this baby not only gives you the time, the day, and the date, but also tells you the temperature and the wind velocity. Did I show you my new paperclip holder? <laughs> it uh, holds paperclips. <laughs> it has battery recharger and extra-long mic cord. Would you like to see the stapler to end all staplers? <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Ah, incidentally, the barometer is rising. Oh, let's run. Well, I can't, Carol. I'll have to get ready for my group. Oh, your group's in there already, Bob. You're late. I am. What what time is it? Did I hear someone say what time is it? <laughs> what time is it, Jerry? It is exactly 78 degrees. 
Uh, so let's talk about Bob Newhart. And I'm going to go on about him a bit because I think his origins are so interesting. So he was born in 1929 in Illinois. He spent some time in the Army when he was drafted to serve during the Korean War. Um, he was discharged in 1954. After the war, Newhart attended Loyola University Chicago School of Law. Can you believe it? Hmm. But he didn't complete the degree. <laughs> He then worked as an accountant for several different businesses, and he wasn't a very good accountant. Then, kind of in an obscure way, in 1958, Bob Newhart kind of had his big break, although he wouldn't know it for a couple more years. That's when he became employed by an advertising uh, company, and Bob Newhart started... Uh, as a copywriter for Fred A. Niles, a major independent film and television producer in Chicago. While working there, he struck up a friendship with a co-worker, and the two of them would entertain each other with long telephone calls about absurd scenarios. Somewhere along the line, they started recording them. And they realized, hey, you know, this is kind of funny. And so they sent the recording to radio stations, kind of as audition tapes. Well, this went on with nothing remarkable happening. And then the co-worker left because he took a job in New York. And by the way, either the co-worker's real name is forever lost to history or Bob Newhart doesn't want anyone to know. I don't know, but I would love to know who this guy was, but we I don't, anyways. So, uh, Newhart continued these recordings alone, and he started developing his little style, which would be he would talk on the phone. You wouldn't hear the other person, but he would develop a comedy routine. So, uh, one of the disc jockeys out there that got a recording from Newhart um, in uh, liked it so much, he introduced Bob Newhart to the head of talent at Warner Brothers Records. Well, folks, they signed him. They liked it so much. They signed him in 1959. And that damn thing became a hit. It, it was um, uh, just crazy sold crazy everybody loved it um and then he did um uh, the 1960 comedy album the button-down mind of bob newhart and it was the first comedy album to make number one on the billboard charts hmm. it won the 61 grammy award for album of the year and it peaked at number two in the uk albums chart and uh, Newhart also won Best New Artist. So this is phenomenal. I mean, here's this dope who went to college and law school and like, well, okay, I'll be a, an accountant. And he stumbles and and finds his natural funniness. <laughs> and, and he becomes known so well. So um, he did a lot of other albums. Um, uh, 
in 61 and 62 and 65, 71 and 73 were releases for Mormon material. And he also started appearing on television. Um, and he happened to guest star on a show called the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour. And he was approached by his agent and the, uh, uh, by a producer by the name of Grant Tinker. You may have heard that name. He is associated with MTM Productions. And Grant Tinker and actress Mary Tyler Moore uh, were then husband and wife. And they're the ones that founded MTM. And they wanted... Uh, they wanted Newhart for a new pilot series called the Bob Newhart show. <laughs> I guess it may have had another name had they found someone else. Anyways, uh, it was to be written by David Davis and Lorenzo music. TJ play clip three. Ready? Bob, okay. what are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> You trying to record me talking in my sleep? You don't talk in your sleep. You, uh, you snore. I don't snore. Well, no. Your nostrils were flaring. You woke up just in the nick of time. Oh, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Well, there'll be other nights. Right, no other nights. You know, Bob, you're really going overboard with this thing. Last night you taped yourself gargling. I was just testing the fidelity of the mic. This is just like all the other gadgets you buy. In a week, it's going to wind up in the back of the closet. Not this baby. This baby is a very expensive professional tool of my trade. How expensive, Bob? Well, it doesn't matter. It's deductible. How deductible, Bob? It's uh, pretty deductible. How much, Bob? Do you have to keep calling me Bob? <laughs> all right. How much, Lyle? $420 for a toy? This is not a toy. Testing one, two, three, four. Testing one, two, three, four. Pilot to bombardier, pilot to bombardier. Over and out. Are you going to sleep? No, I'm just going to lie here and let my nostrils flare. <laughs> If you start snoring, we'll be right here. Will you get that thing out of here? All right, I'm gonna put it to bed. Don't call it a thing, it's my friend. Well, then why don't you pour it a warm glass of milk? <laughs> so who was that distinctive voice, DJ? What, who was that actress that was playing Bob Newhart's wife? Oh, well, we're going to get to her in a moment, Toppy. We're at the halfway mark in the show. So we're going to sneak on over here to the snack bar, to our concession stand. And uh, our dear, sweet uh, senior showgirl, Gertie, is going to be serving up some treats. Gertie, are you there? I'm sorry. Yes, I am. Boy, is my iced tea good. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little too good, I think. So we have a treat for you folks. Uh, Toppy, tell us what we're going to be listening to. Um, okay, so this is a really um, old routine um, that was very typical for Bob Newhart 
um, in the very early 60s. This is here. You'll hear him play a character who is talking with someone who you don't hear. And all of the comedy comes out of Bob Newhart himself, even though he's having a conversation with someone. And I think you'll uh, it, 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 in this particular one, it's a period piece, but you'll catch on as it goes. So uh, we're going to run and uh, get some more iced tea. But uh, if you're going to stick around, here is uh, Bob Newhart, uh, somewhere around 61, 62. Hello, who's calling? Oh, Sir, Sir Walter Raleigh from the colonies. Yeah, yeah, uh, put him on, will you? Uh, Harry, pick up your extension, will you? It's nutty walled again. <laughs> hi, hi Walt, baby. Good hearing your voice. Things, things are fine here, Walt. The uh, a boatload of turkeys you sent us over here last November, they're, they're still here, Walt. Uh, yeah, they're walking all over London. <laughs> See, that isn't a holiday over here, Walt. Just in America. <laughs> yeah. You got another winner for us, Walt, have you? Tobacco. <laughs> What's tobacco, Walt? A leaf. <laughs> You've got 80 tons of it. <laughs> you bought 80 tons of leaves, Walt? <laughs> oh, you're, you're beautiful, Walt. You're, uh, uh, Walt, I, I don't know if you noticed last time, we have plenty of leaves over here in England. Uh, see, come fall, we're up to... It's a special kind of leaf. It's some kind of food, is it, Walt? No, not exactly. Uh, what, what do you do with the leaves, Walt? Lo lots of different things. <laughs> Are, are you saying snuff, Walt? Uh, and, and what's snuff? You take a pinch of tobacco and you stick it up your nose. And, and it makes you sneeze. I, I imagine it would, Walt, yeah. It goes over very big there, does it? Uh, yeah, Goldenrod seems to do it over here, Walt. Tobacco has other uses. You, you can chew it or stuff it in a pipe. Or you, or you can shred the leaves, put it in a little piece of paper, roll, roll it up. You, you don't have to tell me what. You stick it in your ear, right? Between your lips. Okay, well, and, and then what are you doing with it? <laughs> Is that fire to it, Walt? <laughs> hey, hey, you want to get on the intercom? I, I don't want the boys to miss this. <laughs> you spilled your coffee. What? What's coffee, Walt? <laughs> it's, it's a drink you make out of beans. <laughs> And then you pour them in a cup. <laughs> you drink it in the morning while you smoke your cigarette. <laughs> I'm still here, Walt. I'm still here. <laughs> Look, Walt, I'll tell you what you do. P put some of those on the boat. 
If you can hook them with the burning leaves, I'm sure they'll go for the beans. I'm with you, Walt. Do me one favor, Walt. Don't call me anymore. <laughs> there you go. That was um, a very typical Bob Newhart routine. That's the kind of thing that made him famous. And uh, we're going to get back to the Bob Newhart show. We were just about to talk about the sultry-voiced Suzanne Plachette, who played his wife, Emily. Okay, well, Suzanne Plachette, she was a, her character was a school teacher and later assistant principal. Plachette was born in 37 in Brooklyn Heights. So she's a New Yorker. And she graduated from Manhattan's High School of Performing Arts. They, uh, they based a TV show on that in the 80s called Fame. And she later graduated from Manhattan's prestigious acting school, the Neighborhood Playhouse School of the Theater. Suzanne Plachette began her career as a stage actress in 57, making her Broadway debut in Compulsion. In 1958, she performed in the debut of The Cold Wind and the Warm. In and in 1959, she was featured in the comedy Golden Fleecing. Now, in 61, February that year, she succeeded Anne Bancroft and as Anne Sullivan Macy, opposite 14-year-old Patty Duke's Helen Keller in The Miracle Worker. And Suzanne Plachette's early movies included The Geisha Boy, which I believe was a Jerry Lewis film, Rome Adventure, Fate is the Hunter, and Young Blood Hawk. But she was best known at the time for her role in Alfred Hitchcock's classic suspense film, The Birds. Yay. In 66, Nevada Smith, and she was nominated for a Laurel Award for her starring performance in the comedy, If It's Tuesday, This Must Be Belgium. And she co-starred in Mr. Budwing and the Western comedy Support Your Local Gunfighter. Plachette starred in a number of Walt Disney films, family films, of course, most notably in The Shaggy D.A., which I think was sort of a, a sequel to The Shaggy Dog. Uh, I, believe, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and this was in 76. Uh, the original starred Fred McMurray. And yes. <laughs> she was the lead actress in a film that's one of my favorites in 79. It's called Hot Stuff. And really? It, one of your favorites? Yes. And little did I know until recently, not only was Dom DeLuise in Hot Stuff, he directed it. Oh. And uh, in 80, you know, one of our favorite years to do films on, she was in with uh, radio legend George Burns in Oh God, Book Two. That's the one with the devil in it. Yes, yes. Radio, uh, vaudeville, radio, movies, and uh, stage star. Um, 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 in addition to all that, what what? what <laughs> anyway, what's his name? It, uh, it's already uh, left me. Uh, not George Burns. Yes, but George Burns. Oh, George Burns. Yes, and uh, uh, Suzanne's. Uh, you want to say? It? No, go ahead. Okay, Suzanne Plachette's first TV screen role was in the episode Night Rescue in 1957. She was also in other TV shows such as the CBS adventure drama TV series Harbor Master, Playhouse 90, Decoy. 
Have Gun Will Travel, One Step Beyond, River Boat, and the aforementioned Alfred Hitchcock, but this was his Presents series. Mm-hmm. Uh, a uh, show called Channing. She was also in a show called Ben Casey, Naked City, Wagon Train. Now, Plachette appeared in the pilot episodes for both The Wild Wild West and Dick Dr. Kildar, for which she was nominated for her first Emmy Award. And in 71, Plachette was cast as the wife of Newhart's character in The Bob Newhart Show. Now, Toppy, ask me, when was the first time I had heard Suzanne Plachette's name. DJ, when was the first time you heard Suzanne Plachette's name? Little did I know I had already seen things with her in it, but I hadn't heard her name spoken. In fact, there's a movie with Tom Hanks where um, uh, Aerosmith, Steven Tyler's daughter, Liv Tyler, has one of her first movie roles, and it's called That Thing You Do. And it was sort of a a take on uh, the story of the Beatles. But uh, that thing you do, the uh, the boss at the record company was supposedly seen having lunch out with Suzanne Plachette, to which he said, would you knock it off? The wife works upstairs. Uh, very good. Um, well, my first exposure to Suzanne Plachette um, was Elvita Chuck's The Birds. Um did you let's play that clip uh, clip four and it's more hijinks around the office um, with the with uh, the wonderful receptionist and orthodontist and Bob. You know, I've known Jerry for eight years and now he seems like a stranger. Carol, what do we really know about Jerry? <laughs> well, he's an orphan and he's a dentist and he's been a good friend. Not much to go on, is it? One thing I do know, Jerry stealing is a cry for help. You've got to stand by him, Carol. Well, why don't you let him keep the tape recorder? No, this is my tape recorder. Bob, I don't believe Jerry would do something like this. <laughs> Carol, you're so naive. I wonder if maybe there aren't some other things missing around the office. You know, come to think of it. I can't find my stapler or my letter opener. Oh, I, I borrowed those. <laughs> oh, hi. Oh, what's going on? Just admiring your new tape recorder. Yeah. It looks just like Bob's. Yeah. yeah. Only uh, mine costs 90 bucks less. I got it on sale. Here, here's the uh, bill. Read it and weep. <laughs> Good deal. Yeah. <laughs> so. What are you two uh, doing in here, anyway? I just stopped by to deliver your mail. Yeah, and uh, I was I was helping her. <laughs> Tell me the two of you carried this up all by yourselves. <laughs> I, I carried the heavy hand. <laughs> I must have... I must have pulled something. <laughs> I have that check. Good. So, uh... That was the orthodontist you heard in that clip, Dr. Jerry Robinson. We're going to talk about him in two seconds, but I want to take this time to welcome a couple additions to the chat room. Uh, one is the ever-mysterious Cronehaven. She has joined us so has Vivian Lee, and so has 
our pal Spanking B. Arthur. Um, and uh, thanks for joining us, guys and gal. <laughs> so, Peter Bonners is the actor who played the orthodontist, um, Bob's friend. And he was born in 1938 in New Hampshire. Uh, but he grew up mostly in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And he attended Marquette University High School. And he started doing uh, performing on stage with a group called the Prep Players. And that was his first theatrical experience. Then he went on, went on to Marquette University, where he did more acting with the Marquette University Players. And then he graduated with a Bachelor's of Science degree, don't you know, in 1960. He just said, you know what? I'm, I'm going uh, to New York City, and I'm going to pursue comedy and acting. So he got involved with an improv group there in New York City called The Premise. And then he, well, then he, there was a little matter of getting drafted and uh, having to join the army. But he did some acting and improv uh, even while in the army. And um, after, after the army, uh, he got involved in an improv troupe in San Francisco. And that was uh, called The Committee. Guess who was in that? Well, none other than Rob Reiner, David Ogden Stiers, Howard Hessman, and Hamilton Camp, so that's pretty good company. So Bonners eventually uh, landed on TV, and uh, his first appearance was on the Adams Family, and it was in 1965, and it was the season two episode Morticia the Writer, and he had quite a bit uh, more doings in the 60s on television, but he also got into movies. So he was in several films, uh, including the 1967 movie Funny Man. He was in Whatever Happened to Aunt Alice in 1969. He was in Medium Cool, also in 69. Catch 22, 1970. Um, by the way, uh, Bob, <laughs> Bob Newhart was in Catch 22. Wait a minute. Yeah, was he? Was he? Is that true? We need to have a fact checker. Bob Newhart was in Catch-22. Anyways, uh, he was also in a movie called Fuzz. Um, uh, and he was also in a television show called Story Theater. Very short-lived. It was an ensemble cast that included Alan Alda, Valerie Harper. And then finally... In 72, his big break, his big role as the supporting role of Dr. Jerry Robinson, the orthodontist who was kind of eccentric and weird on the Bob Newhart show. And uh, most of his scenes was with the receptionist. And her name is Marsha Wallace, the actress who played Carol, the sharp tongue receptionist. Um, DJ, let's play... Um, clip five and uh, this is a scene that takes place in the new heart uh, there it takes place in there uh, sometimes described as an apartment 
and sometimes described as a condo. Um, but they're, uh, I don't know, they're on like the 10th floor or something. And uh, this is their neighbor who's a, a pilot, and it's, he's played by Bill Daly. So let's roll that one. Power's not at home. There's no answer. Now give me the extra key for his apartment. Bob, now he told you he did not take that tape recorder. A quick search will confirm that. You could be arrested for breaking and entering. Howard is not going to arrest me. I'm his best friend. Uh, excuse me. Uh, do you have an extra key to my apartment? I locked myself out. Here it is, Howard. Uh, thank you. Yeah, uh, let, let me help you, Howard. It's okay. I can let myself in. Well, I, I just haven't seen your apartment for a long time. You know, maybe you redecorated, maybe you added something, something about that big with lifetime batteries and a long mic cord. <laughs> you still think I took that tape recorder, don't you? I never stole anything my whole life. Well, I did steal something once, but, uh, well, I didn't get caught, so it doesn't count. <laughs> Besides, I was, a, was an Eagle Scout. Congratulations, Howard. Oh, thank you, Mike. <laughs> Howard, uh, don't you think you're protesting a little too much? If I wanted a mirror seek a tape record, I could have picked one up cheap in Japan. You see, Bob? I don't believe I ever mentioned the brand name. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, I saw it on the tape recorder when you showed it to me. Nice try, Howard, but the label was in Japanese. I don't believe you read Japanese. <laughs> well, I recognize the case. Are you sure it was in a case? I don't remember. Aha! <laughs> well, you believe me, don't you, Emily? I mean, I was a, I mean, I was a hall monitor in school, and I was, well, I was an altar boy in church, and I take a shower every day. If that doesn't prove that I, I don't steal, I mean, I don't know what does. Howard, it's our magazine. I know it. <laughs> uh, breaking news in the chat room, uh, folks. Um, sure enough, uh, the the kind. Our kind friends in the chat room have determined that it's true. Bob Newhart was in Catch-22. And um, um, let me see. Uh, Cronhaven believes the character's name was uh, Major, Major, Major. Is that that right? Major, Major in Catch-22. I don't know. Anyways, uh, let's talk about uh, the receptionist Carol, and uh, that was portrayed by Marsha Wallace, the wonderful Marsha Wallace. Tell us about her, DJ. Oh, right, Marsha Wallace. She was a sharp-tongued receptionist on the Bob Newhart Show, and was born in Iowa, so uh, right there in the heartland in '42. Now, in high school, uh, a teacher encouraged Wallace to consider a career in acting after she did well in a school play. Following graduation from Creston High School, Wallace attended Parsons College in Fairfield, Iowa, which had offered her a full scholarship. At Parsons, she majored in English and theater, performing in Brigadoon and The Music Man. After college, Wallace moved to New York, where she typed scripts and performed in summer stock. She did commercials and worked as a substitute English teacher in the Bronx. After performing for a year in Greenwich Village nightclubs, Wallace and four fellow entertainer friends formed an improvisational group called The Fourth Wall. And in 68, Wallace appeared for a year of off-Broadway with the group. 
Afterwards, she made several other appearances in improvisational shows, and after losing 100 pounds from her previous weight of 230, she appeared in a new <laughs> production of Dark of the Moon at the Avant-Garde Mercer Arts Center. Wallace was a semi-regular on the Merv Griffin Show, appeared over 75 times, and when the show moved to Los Angeles, Wallace moved with it at Griffin's request. One of these appearances in March of 72 led to a phone call from TV producer Grant Tinker, who offered her a supporting role on the Bob Newhart Show on the recommendation of CBS founder Bill Paley. The role of Carol Custer, the sarcastic receptionist to Dr. Robert Hartley, Bob Newhart's character, was written specifically for her. Wasn't originally mm. in the first pilot, but we'll get to that in a moment. Right. So let's talk about the wonderful Bill Daly. He was the neighbor. He was the navigator that worked for um, the airlines. I just love him. We all knew him from I Dream of Jeannie, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, he was so good in that. And um, he, he followed that up two years later by being cast in the Bob Newhart show. But he was born in 27 in, in Iowa. But he spent most of his youth in Chicago. Um, he studied for a time at the Goodman Theater School. Um, but he left home because he was musically inclined. And he left to play the upright br bass. Br wait a minute. Upright brass. Um, no, bass. Why can't I have... Bass is very strangely spelled. Don't you think so, DJ? Yes. So he played the bass um, and uh, with jazz bands, and he played all throughout the Midwest. But he, too, got drafted into the Army. All these guys did. It was the Korean War back then. And then uh, after the Army... <laughs> He started doing stand-up comedy. I'd love to know how he made this jump, but I couldn't find out how. And he started playing bigger clubs as a stand-up comedy all across the country. Um, he graduated from the Goodman Theater School eventually. And then he got a kind of a steady job in Chicago at a television station. WMAQ. And he was an announcer. And he was the floor manager, but eventually he became the staff director. And coincidentally, um, uh, Daly said that he was preparing for a Chicago area Emmy Award telecast where a young Bob Newhart was in the room and as a, as a writer. And Daly um, asked Newhart perfect stranger to him to come up with a routine about press agents that resulted in the very famous routine uh, written by Bob Newhart. It's called Abe Lincoln versus Madison Avenue. So that's interesting that they had that. They touched base way back then. So uh, in between times, uh, Daly had a thing going with the Mike Douglas show in Cleveland. Who knew the Mike Douglas show started in Cleveland? But he, but it did. And um, 
comedian and TV show host Steve Allen appeared on the Mike Douglas show. And he saw it daily and said, my God, I like that guy. He is good. And he stole daily away um, to take him to Los Angeles for one of his own syndicated shows. And, uh, well, when you're there in Los Angeles, guess what? You're going to be on TV. So Daly appeared in, oh, gosh, lots of lots of TV shows. My mother, the car, the farmer's daughter, Bewitched. And, um, and then uh, Sidney Sheldon, uh, the writer for I Dream of Jeannie, saw him and said, that's the guy. That's what I who I want. I on I dream of Jeannie. And after that, it was only two years later after Jeannie was canceled that Daly was back on television in another uniform, another aviator uniform as mm-hmm. Howard Borden and the Bob Newhart show. So there you go. Um, it's so funny how careers work and things happen. And you know, it's all it's it's all luck and who you know and and uh, that's that's what happens. So DJ, we got a couple of creators of the show, um, a producer writer team. Talk about uh, the producer first. Uh, that would be David Davis. Okay. DJ. So Mr. David Davis was born in thirty seven. He was an American television producer and television writer. He was best known for work on sitcoms, such as The Bob Newhart Show. He was a, it was a series he co-created with Lorenzo Music. He also did Taxi, which was a series he co-created with James L. Brooks, Stan Daniels, and Ed Weinberger. In 79, he won a Primetime Emmy Award for his production work on Taxi. And he also produced for the series OK Cracker Beep. My Mother the Car, He and She, The Good Guys, one of my favorites, Get Smart, and wrote episodes for The Mary Tyler Moore Show and its spinoff, Rhoda. So Lorenzo Music, um, spelled just the way you think, music. Um, He was uh, born in 1937. Now this guy, who David Davis worked with, well, he, he was like everything. He, he was an actor. He was a writer. He was a producer. He was a mu- musician. Lorenzo Music was. By the way, best, well, one of the things he's best known for is voice work for the uh, cartoon of the cat, the comic strip cat Garfield. He's the guy that does his voice. Huh. And um, he's also done, you know, other voice work for cartoons and video games and commercials. But it's um, uh, probably Garfield is his most well-known voiceover work. So anyways, uh, way back when the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour in 68 and 69 was going on, music became a writer and a regular performer on that show. And he was also a writer for the Mary Tyler Moore Show, which would lead him to start writing and uh, actually co-creating the Bob Newhart show. And, um, uh, he, Oh, by the way, remember I said he was a musician. Well, he wrote the theme song to the Bob Newhart show 
um, actually along with his wife, Henrietta Hippo. No, no, no. It was, her name was just Henrietta. Uh, music uh, uh, continued writing um, he, for all, uh, the Mary Tyler Moore show, just like his buddy. He also did uh, writing for Rhoda. And then, uh, this is interesting. So there was a character on Rhoda. He was Carlton the Doorman. Well, think of Garfield's voice and think of Carlton the Doorman. Yep, same guy, Lorenzo Music. He did the voice of Carlton the Doorman. So here we are, DJ. The Bob Newhart Show, 1972. Boy, I watched the earliest episodes and, and I was just absolutely flabbergasted by the outfits Suzanne Plachette had to wear. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I mean, oh, God. At, at the risk of sounding chauvinist, um, I'm not sure that her eyes got top billing in most of those outfits. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if they. Oh, my God, you have to see this uh, stuff, folks. Um, and styles changed quickly, you know, around 72. And because by the time the series ended, everybody had a perm and they were wearing very different things. But, um, oh, her hair was a mess the first season. It sure Just was. Just a mess. It sure was. No, Toppy, I thought I would insert this little caveat um, this is kind of a little piece of trivia. Now, it's not anything you can find out there unless you have the DVDs that were released. But in the first season, there is an episode which is uh, spelled out P-I-L-O-T. Now, they, they had some fun with it. They, they hyphenated it like it was somebody spelling it. But they didn't have another name for it because it was the original script for the pilot episode. Now, for someone who may not have seen it, basically, it's a very different story than the rest of the series because unlike the rest of the Bob Newhart show, which focuses on, you know, a career psychologist and his wife who's a teacher, it's this uh, couple who is trying to have a baby. And uh, they end up deciding that they're going to adopt after they've been to a couple's home that's expecting. But mm -hmm. uh, in that episode, it's uh, very strange because you watch the episode before and the episode after, and the set has changed. You, it makes you think, am I in a different season? And that's when I found out it was actually intended to be the original pilot. And the character of Carol Kester was a last-minute addition to the series. In fact, the... Uh, available copies of episode nine season one actually feature carol but she was added in so if you have the released dvd sets you can see the original unaired pilot without carol oh interesting um <clears throat> by the way interestingly enough that that pilot episode which was about the two of them wanting to have a baby and then considering adoption. Bob Newhart, Bob Newhart famously said right after that, we're never having a baby. It would ruin the show. It ain't going to happen or I'm out of here. And that's why, ah, you know, the receptionist, Carol, got pregnant 
And by, I think towards the end, didn't Suzanne Plachette get pregnant? I can't did she? Sure. Was she about? Did she have a baby towards the end? Um, I think Bob Newhart may have uh, relented because he knew the end was coming for the show. But um, anyways, famously, Bob Newhart was totally against them having a kid as a character in the show. So, um, you know, the show was known for it, the famous understatement, uh, uh, understated comedy of Bob Newhart. And uh, it really, it didn't play well for non-adults. It was really an adult show in the way that Mary Tyler Moore was kind of an adult show. And as such, Bob Newhart show didn't fare well in syndication because kids weren't interested. So it didn't have a long syndicated run anywhere, except later on, of course, when things like Nickelodeon came along and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But... Um, that it was really Bob Newhart that and 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 how he delivered his line. He had, he had this stammer that that was an intentional stammer that he used to good effect all the time. And um, DJ, what what are other memorable characters or moments or situations you can think of? Well, you know there are a few scenes throughout the first season where they're establishing their characters. And, you know, watching it now, I think to myself how they might have adapted this, how they might do things differently. One in particular, uh, this one episode where um, Bob had to go back to the office because uh, he was going to be hosting a bachelor party, I think, and there was going to be a poker game. And, of course, um, Emily was asked to stay behind and, uh, you know, uh, host the guys that were coming. And uh, when the episode is ending, he's on the phone to her because he's stayed at the office late. And he wants to hear how the poker game went. And, of course, she ended up having to explain that she lost almost all the money that he had in this jar. But I could see how, because the, the uh, you know, the Emily character, she was sharp-witted. I could see where if this show had been made a few years later, she might actually have cleaned the house. And I don't mean, you know, uh, linens. I think she would have won the poker game. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Let me let me visit the chat room because there's some interesting conversations ha- being had. Uh, they, they talked uh, a lot about Bewitched Nightdream of Genie, and Vivian Lee said, I dream of Jeannie was a woman's nightmare. Oh, master, master, master. And uh, Tommy agreed. Uh, Tommy thought Samantha on Bewitched was a little more liberal. And Crone says, well, Jeannie got what she wanted. Vivian Lee said, Samantha is the perfect woman and witch. Jeannie lived in a bottle. <laughs> so uh Crone even said Jeannie's bottle was the TARDIS. <laughs> um, so um they also mentioned um let me move down here. Crone even says my favorite show was the one where Bob woke up from a dream, then woke Suzanne up to tell her his weird dream about running an inn in Vermont. 
And of course, that was the very famous ending to a different Bob Newhart series, simply called Newhart, um, where he ran an inn um, in the mountains of Vermont. And the last episode, he wakes up, and there's Susan Plachette. <laughs> and he says, wow, I just had this dream. I was working at an inn in Vermont. And Spakey said he loved that. Um, yeah, Vivian Lynch says that was the final episode of the second series. Crone, he was his best ending of a series ever. Tommy, very famous scene, so perfect. So that, yeah, everybody, oh, yeah, that was like, that was the last thing you expected, and it, you know, it was an un, unforgettable ending. Uh, so, uh, anything else we want to add? Oh, you know, DJ, let's get into that ten, uh, quickly. The 10 best episodes, just to see if that strikes anybody's remember, me, uh, remembrances of the Bob Newhart show. The 10 best episodes says someone right right this was a list of fan favorite episodes and the first one was a season four episode and uh it was a thanksgiving show and it was called over the river and through the woods story was it was a stag thanksgiving for bob when emily flies off to join a family reunion leaving bob to share the holiday with his male buddies now interestingly enough of course emily didn't like to fly Mm. <laughs> number two on the list was a day in the life and this was a season six episode so a bit la later on almost the end bob's impulsive decision to leave town for a week is received with disastrous emotions by his patients who seemingly can't make it without him oh i just want to say it was also mentioned in the chat room uh, over the course of the six years, there were many bits with many different patients uh, that Bob Newhart had, and they were some of the best bits. And it, I remember sometimes they'd have these group sessions, and they'd all be they'd all be in his office. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, oh yes, there was a good one with a family that all seemed you know prim and proper and perfect, and then. Um, you know, their, their, his other patient came in and they started fighting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were, there were a lot of, um, uh, of, uh, character actors who had, you know, appeared again and again as, as the same character, uh, the same patient. And, uh, it was good. Uh, go ahead. What give us give us some more of these top ten? Sure. Get down to the get down to the bottom of the list because we're running out. Well, of time. I'll go ahead and give you the next three to make it the top five. So, uh, the third was the third favorite is uh, from season one, episode three, and uh, the uh, guest in that actually was a soap opera star. I'm forgetting his name, but Bob experiences pangs of jealousy. This was called Tennis Emily. When Emily's handsome new tennis instructor comes to see him with an emotional problem, namely his inability to turn down women who are all uncontrollably attracted to him. Aw, poor him. Hmm. Then uh, four was Emily, I'm home. Emily, in uh, season one, episode 21, Bob was upset when Emily takes a full-time job with the Board of Education. Aw, the wifey got a job. And explained, Emily explained that working full-time makes her feel wonderful, while quitting would make her miserable. 
Bob decides to leave well enough alone, and um, you know he has to eat uh, instant dinners and things. And then uh, the top five, the the number five was who is Mister X, season four, episode nine. Bob accepts a seemingly innocent invitation to appear as the guest on a TV discussion program. He winds up in the jaws of a dilemma when the show host turns out to have the disposition of a shark. Yeah, the TV show host had it out for him. Basically, he said that uh, psychologists are quacks. Mm. <laughs> so, um, the finale of, of the series, um, we learned that Bob has accepted a, a job in a, a different state, I believe, and he's going to be teaching at some university. And so he's leaving Chicago. He's leaving all of his friends, all of his coworkers, and they have a teary goodbye. Um, and that was the, uh, they, they did some kind of um, salute to Mary Tyler Moore that had signed off the previous year. I don't not sure what exactly it was, but they made some kind of wink and uh, nod to Mary Tyler Moore's last show. And maybe somebody in the chat room remembers exactly what that wink and nod was. I don't. At any rate, DJ, we are at the end of the shoe. This is uh, when we like to just sort of recommend a couple of other shows or related things that um, Bob Newhart inspires us um, so that if you like Bob Newhart, you'd like maybe something else that we're going to suggest. DJ, what are you suggesting? Alrighty, well, I didn't catch Bob Newhart in its initial run. I saw it on uh, TV, or Nick at Night, which was the the later hour of the Nickelodeon channel with the uh, classic sitcoms. And uh, so Bob Newhart wasn't my time frame, but a show that was very much an homage to Bob Newhart in that it starred a psychologist was a spinoff of Cheers, starring Kelsey Grammer, Frazier. And, of course, he was a, a radio host because, you know, you got to put a spin on the idea of being a psychologist. You're going to be on the radio in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fair enough. I I can see, yeah. Uh, Frazier was very much structured like Bob Newhart show because Frazier had scenes at his home. He had scenes at his workplace. And the humor came from, you know, the characters that surrounded him. So, yeah, totally good. The other thing I could think of, really, um, is another MTM production, the Mary Tyler Moore Show, which they were back-to-back on TV. Such a famous pair. And um, both shows were so well-written. And so, good heavens, if you like the Bob Newhart Show... Check out the Mary Tyler Moore show. For, um, now, DJ, we have to make our next selection, and the way we do that is we have a magic gumball machine and some magic coins that a magician left off uh, way back when. Go ahead and the grab marionette. that. Yeah, yeah. Here's the coins. Drop that them in there. Thanks for the gumball machine. Right. Good heavens. All right, next time, DJ, what do we got? Okay, so this is going to be in two weeks from tonight on Friday, July 17th, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on Univaz. I know you're Ben. I'm here. 
It's an 80s, mid to late 80s children's family comedy starring Ben Bereen. And it's about a community of anthropomorphic animals facing the challenges of life together. Next time on Matinee Minutia, Zubilee Zoo. Good Lord. All right, maybe some of you. I think I, that I may have been too old for that or something. I don't even remember. Zoobly Zoo, huh? We got to go, DJ. Okay, so uh, if you will, sir, please say goodnight, Gracie. Oh, a chat room. Thanks so much. Uh, you made it fun tonight. Uh, come back again. And uh, good night, Gracie. Thank you for listening to Matinee Minutia. Our show streams live on the first and third Friday of the month. Go to univazpods.net, click the tower for audio, enter Discord for chat. You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Visit our webpage at matineeminutia.com. Tweet us on Twitter at Matinee Minutia. Find our group on Facebook. Have an idea for a show? Or let us know how we're doing. Email us at matineeminutia at gmail.com. Just gone wild with Matt and Tom. Speak up. The Smellcast by Tommy Smelly. Be heard. Tastes like burning with Tim and James. Unique voices in podcasting. The Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. Univazpods.net.